Thank you. Good morning. morning. Boy, our text today is going to challenge us because I think probably we don't think it's talking to us, but it is. Paul says this, and do this. Do this understanding the present time. The hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. Jesus Christ has come, and Jesus Christ is coming again. And in this truth, we begin this morning. All right, I'm, I'm hearing this a lot, maybe more as I get older, but I hear people say things like this, I hate the holidays. Do you hear this? I hear this. Now, now listen, I'm not talking about Black Friday. I mean, if you don't hate that, I don't know what to say to you this morning. <laughs> And I, I can't tell you that this is not necessarily a happy day uh, because uh, if you love football, I mean, you have to be sad because the Wolverines lost. I have an Ohio State guy sitting up here with me in church. Only this can happen in church that we sit together and enjoy, my friend. All right? Don't you hate the holidays? That's what people say today. They go, oh, man, I can't wait for Christmas to be over. I can't wait for New Year's to be over. I can't wait. Can't wait. And I'm not talking about those really bad things that we know aren't right. I'm even talking about things like people don't want to see their families and, and they, they don't want to talk about values and they don't want to talk about any of those things because all of it makes them feel uncomfortable. Maybe you even feel a little bit like that today too. Well, maybe that is because we really haven't talked about what the whole point is. See, the whole point is this is about Jesus Christ. This is about who he is for people like us. And people like us have all kinds of brokenness in our lives. We have all kinds of issues that don't seem to go away. And he comes just for you. Man, when you suddenly realize that's what Christmas is all about, it changes everything. It changes how you think about things. And so you ask yourself the question again today is, does this Christmas really mean all that to me? Am I really excited about the fact that this Jesus is coming for me? So again, that's a good question to ask. Pastor Thompson, are you ready? Are you ready? And I do not mean, have you put up your tree? I have. I don't mean, have you been to the office party? I don't mean, you know, have you done all those different things that you've got to do to get ready, like the world says, get ready. I'm talking about why is Christmas such a holy time of year? Why is Advent a preparation season? You know, in the old days, Christmas season didn't start until Christmas Day. And then you have the 12 days of Christmas. By the time we get to Christmas Day, it's over. Maybe that's because we're missing the whole point. Paul says this, without faith in Christ, you cannot be ready for Christmas. But there's still time. There's still time for you and for me to wake up. Wake up from our slumber, he says, and get ready. In fact, I want to make a promise to you. You can have a deep, personal experience of Christ at Christmas time this year and every year if you realize again what he is, who he is, why he's come, and why he came for someone just like you. But you're going to have to wake up. You're going to have to wake up from this world's preparation and fix your eyes on the manger. Why would God come in a manger? If you can't answer that question, you're not ready yet. But he did, and it was purposeful. Wake up from this world's empty celebration and start to realize what the real gift of life is all about. That's why Black Friday makes no sense to me anymore. Because they're missing everything when you think that's the spirit of giving. No, it isn't. 
because we haven't really received the gift yet to really understand all that and wake up from this world's darkness and follow the light of Jesus Christ. You know, Pastor, when you were talking about this again, uh, we do have these things on sale, don't we, Ken, for or $99.95 at, at Lutheran Hour Ministries? If not, we will this week. <laughs> no. But no, I love this because, you know, our world has kind of taken over lighting. You know, I see it at the concerts, I see it at the uh, hockey games, I see it at the baseball games, because there's something about light piercing the darkness. Well, that kind of light goes out. Those batteries wear out. But this is a celebration of the light that never goes out. In fact, the Bible says when Christ comes again, there will be no need for sun because he is the light that lightens us all. Wake up and get ready because you can in Jesus' name. Now, Paul again says, without faith in Jesus, though, we are in a helpless situation. We're in a deadly sleep. In fact, we're comatose, if you read the text right. And, and many of us, I think, even in church, are kind of sleepwalking through life. You know, we think we're alive, but uh, we're kind of just going through the motions. Maybe you're thinking this. I've heard this said again from other folks. People don't know why exactly we're here. We don't know really where we're going. We don't know what the point of, you know, of it all is. Um, we're not sure how to handle success. And we're not sure how to handle adversity. Um, occasionally we get excited about certain issues, but that seems to come and go, and that seems to ebb and flow. And then Paul says this, the hour has come. Wake up from all that. Wake up from your slumber because your salvation is nearer than when you first believed. That's the whole point of being you, to be Christ's person by his grace through faith. Slumber is kind of deadly sleep spiritual inactivity. It means you can be physically alive and spiritually dead as a doornail. It means kind of like going to church but never listening. It kind of like means saying you believe in Jesus but never really enjoying his word, enjoying his presence through word and sacrament. It means maybe looking good on the outside but really being spiritually dead on the inside and you know it. In fact, Jesus talks about that um, in, in the gospel text. He talks about people being asleep in Noah's day, that people just went about their business. Did you remember the text? Oh, by the way, you can actually see the ark now. Did you know this? Where's that, where is that place? It's in it's Cincinnati, isn't it? Anybody know the Creation Science Museum? They built the ark. They tried to, you know, so it's kind of funny because I thought about that. There's this thing sitting right out in the middle of, and you can see it with your eyes. I'm sure it was kind of like that in Noah's day. What in the world is he doing on the front lawn? He's building what? Because it's going to rain when? Wow. In the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, says Jesus, marrying, being given in marriage, up to the day that Noah entered the ark. They knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. This is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Wake up before that day. I, I do think it's kind of the same today. Christmas comes and goes. Easter comes and goes. The good things of God seem to come and go, and people don't change their habits, their minds. They do as they please. You know, those people back in Noah's day, I think they just went about their business and said, who cares? Who cares? We're doing exactly what we want, even though we know this is not what God wants. There's a lot of that going on today in our world, I think. I think the thing that's sad to me about living in our country today is people talk about how it was built on the things of God, that this is supposedly a Christian nation and all that, and then you see the open immorality 
that's today. Almost with pride. Look at what we're doing to shove it up God's nose. People brag about these things today. Wow. I'm not saying we're better than they are. I'm just saying I'm not proud of it. But it seems today that we're just telling God, get off our backs, we'll do it our way, just like they did in Noah's day. By the power of the Spirit of God, wake up. Wake up. You know, have you ever seen those TV shows where someone gets shot, you know, and, and they're kind of starting to go asleep, and what do they tell them? Don't let them fall asleep. Don't let them fall asleep, because if they fall asleep, what? They might never wake up. And so I'm sure this is not a helpful process when you've got a bullet wound or something like that. Someone's shaking you to keep you from falling asleep. I'm sure you'd probably say, just let me be. I just, I just want to go to sleep. Well, no. That's what the text is doing us today. I know it may seem like it's better to fall asleep, but wake up. Wake up. Because God's, God's got something great in store just for you. You know, the Bible is full of warnings of deadly slumber to try to shake us from our sleep. People were wicked in Noah's time. They knew God hated such things. They still went about their business. It took Noah 120 years to build that ark. That was kind of like a wake-up call. I'm sure as they walked by and said, what do you think he's doing off to work? Why that thing? Why now? Well, God is shaking us up today, too. And he's telling us that he has come, and he is coming again to judge the living and the dead. He wants us to have our eyes wide open to his judgment and to his grace. And you wouldn't want it any other way, if you really think about it. Let me give you an example of what I mean. It, it, it's a tie ball game. It's in Cleveland Stadium, seventh game. Cubs haven't won for 100 years. Bases are loaded. Home team's up in the bottom of the ninth. And it's a 3-2 count, and the Cubs pitcher rears back, and he throws one right down the middle. In fact, the batter even swings and misses, and the ump says, ball four, take your base. What would happen? Chicago would burn. <laughs> well, Detroit would burn because we always would set things on fire or things like that. But my point is, is that, you know, there's no way people would just take to the streets. How ridiculous. How could we lose on such a bad call? The guy actually swung. The ball was right down the middle. A righteous judge would call it like he sees it. And yet in a lot of ways today, there are people where it's gone right down the middle, they've swung and missed, and when it comes to God saying, you're out, they say, no, I'll take my base. Wake up. Wake up from the way we live our life. Wake up to what God has in store for us. That's why there has to be a cross in the middle of life, period. The cross warns us that it, someone had to die. There had to be justice. It had to be appeased. Sin had to be judged. And there's a cross in the middle of the world. And this baby who came in a manger is going to a cross. I love, where's the little boy who said that's, that's Easter? I love that he said that. Because that's getting right to the heart of it. He had to come. And he had to come to die and to rise again so that you and I might live. It is a warning in one sense, but it's also an invitation Put your faith in me. Put your trust in me and watch what I can do with you. Wake up from the nonsense that passes for Christmas preparation and celebration today. Wake up to what God has in store for you. In fact, faith and trust in God, both his judgment and his grace, that's what I call faith with eyes wide open. 
because now you can see what God has in store for you. Wake up because as people of faith, you are empowered through word and sacrament. You are empowered to wake up. And you're also empowered to wake up and live, to live now in view of that grace and to live in that expectation knowing that you are alive in Jesus Christ and it's only going to get better and better and better in him. You know, in the army, what do they always tell their troops? Look alive. Now, why do they tell them that? Look alive. Well, because I think if you look alive, that says we are prepared. We are ready. Don't mess with us. I remember when we played basketball, we used to always have, you know, in warm-ups, when you play basketball and you're going against your arch rivals, the last thing you want to do is kind of look dead in your warm-ups. You know, you want to look like you're ready. You want to look like nothing bothers you, nothing phases you, and in that first quarter, you want to hit them hard. Look alive because you are ready. Look alive because you are alive in Jesus. He's your life. He's your salvation. He's your gift. And when that's what the season's all about, wow, even Advent is a time of joyous preparation. When we look alive, we can begin to put aside the deeds of deadly sleep. Look, I know there's tough things we're all dealing with, and, and a lot of us, you know, this is going to require some disciplines, disciplines in the Word of God, disciplines connected to the means of grace, disciplines so that we can receive the gifts of God in the Spirit of God. By the Spirit of God, we can begin to start to not only look alive, but act as already we are, alive in Jesus Christ. With the right desire and the right motivation, there can be good action even in our preparation. I think Jesus was hinting at that in the gospel, don't you? He was talking about, stay awake. Stay awake. If you knew what time he was coming, you'd be ready. And then he says, well, you'd stay awake if the thief was coming. I can tell you that. You know, if you've ever been in a crisis situation where all the lights go off in a city and suddenly you're only, the only person protecting your valuables at home, people stay awake all through the night to protect from the thief. Well, is that the right motivation, though, to live our life in Christ? It reminds me of that, that guy that kind of cut through the field. I've talked about this guy before. He's always cutting through fields. And uh, he, usually the bull is tied up, you know, in this particular field. And this day he's walking, and he begins to realize the bull is charging. He sees no rope on the bull. That means this is a bad situation so he takes off and he runs and he starts running as fast as he can but like you know even over in spain running with the bulls eventually you get gored and that's exactly just as about that bull is about ready to hit him right from the behind he saw a branch 20 feet in the air and he jumped and he ran to reach for it and he missed it he caught it on the way down though that was a joke <laughs> You can do just about anything when you're properly motivated. Now, actually, that's the wrong motivation. That's fear. And fear does cause a lot of people to do some incredible things. I'm not going to lie, but that's not the right motivation. It eventually destroys from within. This is the motivation that comes when Jesus Christ is the one who is in your life. His love is your motivation. His presence is your motivation. His word is your motivation. He will be there with you in all things. That's what he promises to those of you who wake up. Wake up and see that it's about me for you. He makes incredible promises, and Christmas is just the first, and it's huge. He will be with us. He'll provide for our needs. He will give us his spirit through his word so that we can live his life boldly this side of heaven, and we will, he will even honor the deeds that are done in his name for others. Wow. 
wake up and look alive because you are alive in Jesus Christ. So this is the season of preparation. You're, you're not ready, I'm not ready. We're even fighting some of our comatose sleep probably right now. Our minds may be wandering about this or about that. We may have all kinds of pressures going on in this world, but Advent is a reset. Advent is a time of saying, look, this is what really matters, this is what really holds, and this is what's gonna give you joy in the midst of the struggles of the holiday season. Because this is what life is all about. Wake up. Wipe the slumber from your eyes by the power of the Holy Spirit and see Jesus as he is. See Christmas as it is just for you. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and all of God's people said, Amen.